With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast on a Thursday. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. I have passed the baton to Ashley at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. She is now in West Virginia. I am back in Northeast Ohio. Uh, I do want to say right off the top here to our buddy Jay, who tweets at us sometime, sometimes. Jay insulted me today when he saw it was Ashley and Mary Kay in the video. It was he, said it was much, he said it was much more fashionable than when I'm there in my polo shirt and my shorts. Jay, come on, man. That hurt. <laughs> Poor Dan. Secondly, I, well, I was anticipating like a dress code at the Greenbrier as well, where like the only way I was going to get into like one of the restaurants there was if I had a collared shirt like that. And it was just Jay, it hurt. That's all. Dan, that's all <laughs> famous polo that you wore in Miami to the Dolphins game. And after the game, you realize <laughs> you looks like you worked for the Dolphins. That is true. It was actually while we were walking through the tailgate lot before the game. I'm like, oh, people are just going to think I'm a Dolphins fan or something like that. Yeah, it was it was not great uh, for that particular game. But that's OK, Jay. You're still allowed to listen. You're still allowed to tweet at us. Uh, OK. So like I said, Ashley is now in West Virginia. I'm back in Ohio, but we're actually going to start with something that happened not exactly in between, but uh, about, you know, halfway between the two. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow left practice today with an injury. He was actually carted off. If you see the video of it, um, he pulled up on a scramble and started to hop around on one leg, went down, and they brought out the cart. It seems like uh, it's the best-case scenario right now for Joe Burrow. Zach Taylor said, like, right off the practice field shortly after it happened that he, it was just a calf issue. And then uh, Diana Rossini of ESPN is reporting uh, that it is a strained calf. So, Mary Kay, obviously the whole NFL world kind of stopped. You know, earlier in the day, Jalen Ramsey got carted off. He's actually going to have surgery and miss uh, the early part of the season. So, you know, whenever this happens to anyone, it, it's it's newsworthy. But Joe Burrow, especially one of the best quarterbacks in football, the next guy up for a big extension, uh, one of the big guys, of course, in the Browns way, the NFL world is going to stop and pay attention to what happens. It seems like the Bengals might get out of this relatively unscathed, though, at least as we talk about this on Thursday night. You know, I, I thought the Browns' fortunes were going to change drastically. I was waiting uh, for the B- Bengals to announce 
that he had suffered a ruptured Achilles. That's what it looked like to me. When you go get those non-contact injuries and all of a sudden, you know, the guy just tumbles to the ground and he's grabbing the back of his calf. We've all seen it. And there have been times when it has turned out to be a ruptured Achilles. We've, I've seen a number of them just over the last couple of years. And, um, and I, you know, I was, I was really worried about that. My first thought was, you know, how awful for Joe, how awful for the Bengals. I mean, I think we're all looking forward to the AFC North battle and and how exciting that's all going to be. I mean, you just hate to see something like that. Uh, So just from a, you know, humanity and a football standpoint, I was really, really concerned that that's what it was going to be. Glad that it's not that and that he should be able to make it back as far as we know so far. Maybe, you know, maybe back by the by the opener. I mean, we don't know for sure, but, um, you know, he, he still has some time. So if it's not that bad, uh, he should be facing the Browns in September. Yeah, Ashley, I mean, the, this is the cold nature of the NFL. A guy gets hurt like that. And certainly you do. You know, your first thought is the player and, and you don't. You don't want to see anyone get hurt, especially a star player who, who's such an important uh, face of the NFL. But then your, your mind does sort of turn to how does this affect the team that I cover? And certainly when it comes to the Browns, a serious injury for Joe Burrow would have affected them in, in, in a large way. Uh, but again, it doesn't appear that this is going to be anything. It appear, I, It's a pretty good guess that we're going to see Joe Burrow week one. Yeah, which, like, number one, how lucky for Joe Burrow. But I think you're right, Dan. Like, it's the the cruel nature, I think, of the NFL is the best way to describe it, that any time an injury like that happens to, like, a key player, but especially a quarterback, it becomes, like, okay, what's the domino effect? And not just for the team that quarterback is on, but for, like, basically, in most cases, if it's a good team and a good quarterback, everyone else on that schedule. And I think just, like, knowing that, hey, you're going to see them in the first week this year. Um, any kind of injury that would happen to Joe Burrow, I think, would be significant um, for you know from a coverage standpoint in regards to the Browns because it's a division team, because it's week one, um, all that stuff. And, you know, the other part of this too, Mary Kay, is, you know, we talk about Deshaun Watson and how important this offseason has been for him to get all of minicamp and OTAs, all of training camp, knowing he's the starter, knowing he's the number one. Even in that regard, that offense is so stable and so consistent for the Bengals. It's, it doesn't take much for Joe to get on the same page with those guys because he's played so many years with them. And, you know, he knows Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. And, you know, they have, you know, some changes on the O line, but other than that, this is a pretty consistent offensive group. So even in that regard, if he misses, you know, he probably wasn't going to play much in the preseason anyway, but even if he misses a few weeks of practice, it's not going to have that huge of an impact on that team. No, I mean, as long as he's back and healthy a couple of weeks before the start of the season, uh, you know, they should be fine. He'll be fine. It's not ideal. Um, but like you said, you know, they've got their timing down. They've got their mojo down. Uh, it's not like, uh, you know, in Brown's training camp when Deshaun Watson is here trying to get to know some of the guys that he's really going to be, you know, having to rely on this year. I mean, he's working really well with Elijah Moore right now, getting to know Cedric Tillman. Uh, You know, there's just a number of guys that he's still working on that chemistry with. So, yeah, he just doesn't have, um, you know, four or five years of experience in this offense. And as he mentioned, everything is new. Everything is different. And, um, you know, so it's a work in progress here. But those guys, they have it down. 
Okay, let's shift gears to the Browns and let's talk. Let's start with one of the receivers that Deshaun Watson is, is trying to build that connection with, and that's Elijah Moore. Uh, a big story over the last couple of days because, first of all, Mary Kay, you had a chance to sit down with Elijah and talk to him. And then today, uh, you know, there were some highlights of him. We've, I mean, we've seen highlights of him throughout camp. He seems to be the, the real story of camp right now. But I do want to start here, Mary Kay, just the, and the opportunity to sit down and talk with Elijah one on one. What did you come away feeling about him and, and just thinking about him? What were your impressions of Elijah? So different than what anybody would think of him if you really thought that he said and did the things uh, that he, he were reported that he did last year with the New York Jets when he told supposedly told Mike LaFleur, the former Jets offensive coordinator, to go F himself and you suck and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's just what you hear from a malcontent. It's what you hear from a player who's going to be trouble, who's going to be difficult. And so I did have a chance to sit down with him and, and have him explain to me, you know, did you really say that? He said, no, he didn't say that. He would never be disrespectful and say something like that to a coach. And you know what? I'm going to take him at his word. Uh, you know, I, I have no reason to think that he would lie about that. So um, I think it was really good to hear it from straight from the horse's mouth that that's not what he said. And, um, and he's really smart, insightful, introspective, just a really cool guy. I think once this season gets rolling and people see what he can do and hear him talk more, I think they're going to love Elijah Moore. He's very, very happy here. He feels valued. He feels wanted something he didn't really feel last year with the jets. And I I just think that he and Deshaun are going to be dynamite together. Ashley, you know, after kind of looking at Mary Kay's story, you know, there, we, we have a video up with it. Elijah spoke to the group today. You got to see Elijah in training camp for the first time today. Now, obviously, you saw him in the spring as well. Uh, I, I guess just your early impressions of Elijah Moore. Yeah, I'm just struck by how they're using him in different ways, how he's able to line up like pretty much anywhere, like from the backfield even, and, and find success. Um, the play that stood out today, and I just posted – a uh, short of it over on our YouTube channel. Uh, him, his connection with Deshaun Watson was obviously, like you said, Dan, it's kind of like become the story of camp so far, it seems like. But he just made this great play during the red zone draws where he had to beat Denzel Ward with this really nice cut um, and get the ball and kind of reach for the pylon right there at the very end um, of the play. But yeah, I mean, I agree with, you know, hearing Mary Kay's story, it just seems like he's such like a different person than he maybe has been perceived like not only because of what happened with the Jets last year, but I think even going back to college and, and the famous incident there of an end zone celebration for him. But he, he just seems like Mary Kay said, I think she hit the nail on the head, like so valued here. And I think that it's showing like it's showing his appreciation is showing this early and, and his production is showing too. America, there's something to be said for a guy that's just kind of he's this is a new start for him. This is whatever happened in New York, whether what was reported is true or what he's what he told you yesterday is true. Like all of that is in a different place in a different time. He's he's getting a new start here. And I, I think that's a that's a good point, Ashley, that to be somewhere where you're wanted and where they're invested in really making this work. And I, you know, I know the Jets drafted him. They were invested in that, too. But. When you've gone through some things and you find another home where you feel wanted, Mary Kay, that that can be really important for a guy. Yeah, he emphasized that today. Uh, That's what he wasn't really feeling with the Jets last year. Um, And obviously, ultimately, 
they traded him. So you know that, you know, there was uh, some modicum of bad blood there with the club in some respects. Um, but not so here. He's uh, He is very valued. They're using him, as we've talked about, in, in multiple ways. And the thing about him is that he's the perfect fit for the skill set of Deshaun Watson. They mesh with each other. Uh, they're both multiple. They're both versatile. Uh, you know, Elijah Moore has the... Uh, the quickness and the agility and the athleticism and the versatility to be ready for whatever Deshaun Watson is going to deliver. If he's throwing on the run, uh, you know, or if he's throwing a no look pass, Elijah Moore is going to be able to be there and, and get the job done with that. And, and I, like I said, I just think that uh, the connection between these two is going to be something to behold. Okay. Let's take a break. A couple other players I want to talk about, and we'll hit on a couple newsy items from earlier this morning as well. Uh, and when we get back on the orange Brown talk podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock, who are both in West Virginia. Uh, before we get into the other topics, we've talked about some highlights, and there's a couple places where you can go to see some of these things. Uh, start with our YouTube page. So if you go to YouTube and search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com, you will find all sorts of videos. Look for the shorts, look for the, the regular videos as well. Stand-ups every day from the practice field. Uh, we put up highlights, uh, player interviews, all you know, if we've got them, all sorts of things going up on that page. And then the other place you can go, uh, really just kind of starting to build this following. So get in on the ground floor. How's that for a pitch? Uh, <laughs> our Orange and Brown Talk Instagram. Just go to Instagram and search Orange and Brown Talk and you will find that there. Uh, give us a follow, putting up stories, putting up reels, all sorts of things there. Uh, highlights and, and interviews and whatever else we have to put on that page. Okay, let's move on to Martin Emerson. Speaking of highlights, he had one of the highlight plays today, Mary Kay. Uh, intercepted Deshaun Watson, ran it back to the end zone. Martin seems pretty confident right now. And if there's an early star of camp, if there's, you know, if we're naming the players that people are buzzing about on Twitter, it's Elijah Moore. And Martin Emerson is certainly on that list as well. Yeah, you know what? I, I really think that Martin is poised to take that big step up in his second season that you'd like to see from those rookies. Uh, you know, he was confident last year. He was a very, very confident player. He looks the part. He's got great size, real broad shoulders. I mean, he's just a big guy. Um, and he's even more confident this year, more polished. The game has slowed down a little bit for him. So he was in the right place at the right time, made a nice play on the ball. And picked off Deshaun Watson, ran it all the way back for a pick six, got mobbed by his teammates. It was a nice little scene in in training camp. So um, good for Martin. I, I got to interview him one-on-one -on -one last year. I think it's still my pinned tweet because, um, you know, I just really enjoyed talking to him. And he's one of those guys that you pull for. He's a really, really fine young man and uh, a really, really good football player. 
Yeah, Ash, I mean, we've raved about Martin Emerson on this podcast, really going back to last year and, you know, going into year two, it just seems like there's a clear opportunity for him uh, with Greg Newsom, with Denzel Ward to really help form this really strong trio in Jim Schwartz's defense. And he spoke to you guys today, today too. What did you take away from him? Yeah, I think it's something that Mary Kay said in the middle of her last answer, which is that he was confident last year, or at least appeared confident, but that confidence is continuing to grow. And I think, like, I remember last year, Dan, when you and I talked to him after that Bucks game, and he told us, you know, I want the quarterbacks to keep throwing the ball at me. And he ended the year, you know, being the most targeted DB on the team and one of the most targeted rookie DBs in the league. Um, but I think he talked about it today that there was a lot of times last year where he was still like second guessing himself. And to me, it sounds like a lot of just the typical rookie growing pains. You know, you're learning a whole new defense, you're in a new place, all that sort of stuff. And it is slowing down for him. And I think a big part of that is the fact that they're going to be able to play more man than they did last year. And he even said the way he phrased it, I thought was really good and interesting that they want to remove if then statements from their thinking when they're out on the field. So they're not worried about these certain situational things. Well, if this happens, I'm going to take this guy or you're going to take that guy. Like they're matching up. And he said, like, may the best man win. And I thought that I used it in my headline because I thought it was such a good Martin quote um, and kind of really, to me, perfectly describes his mentality in those one on one situations. Yep, Mary Kay, he's really quiet, but you know, Ashley mentioned it after one of those ga- after that Tampa game last year. He'll he'll talk a little if you get him in the right mood and of course, you know, you experienced that when you wrote the feature on him. Um but he's confident and you can you can see it on the football field and and you can see it when he does answer questions and and talk. And the other part of this is like he just looks different than Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. And that's really important to have a bunch of guys in that room uh, that, that look a little different that you can do different things with. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you, he is just, I, you know, I think he's one of Andrew Berry's absolute best draft picks. I think he's such a diamond in the rough. No, you know, that was the year when, you know, we just weren't really thinking cornerback there for the first pick of the Cleveland Browns last year. Um, But lo and behold, Martin Emerson turned out to be just such an incredible surprise. And he's so good to the point where, you know, Greg Newsom has gotten moved into the slot a whole, whole lot. And I think we're still going to see that this year because there there are going to be plenty of times when you still want they're going to play the matchup game, but there will be plenty of times when you still want to see uh, Martin Emerson matched up against uh, a big receiver or the team's, you know, one of their best receivers or whatever. And, you know, he he's really, really fun to watch. And now to see how the game is kind of, you know, it's all clicking for him. It's been um, it's really been something. He's good. Ashley, you wrote about Anthony Walker today and. I didn't get to see Anthony Walker do a lot while we were there. I did get to hear Anthony Walker a lot, though. Uh, He is still the same Anthony Walker on the practice field as far as how loud he is and how vocal he is, especially when the defense does something well. But uh, what what did you hear today from Anthony Walker that stood out? Yeah, I mean, first of all, he's still not – he's probably – he's doing like the same amount, it sounds like, that he was doing in the first half of the week. He's not in seven-on-sevens or team drills, really. Uh, He's off doing individual stuff, which I think like is an accomplishment in and of itself, given the severity of that injury that he had. And, 
you know, he's talked about it before and he talked about it again today. And he talked about it with me when I did the big feature on his injury last year that he didn't know if he was ever going to be able to play football again. And, you know, he's still not out there doing everything, but I think the fact that he is back in a training camp that he didn't have to start the year off on the pup list or anything, that is huge in and of itself. So I think it's like this, just seeing like this new appreciation for him, you know, I think he came back to Cleveland knowing he would have a chance to contribute here. Um, he's familiar at least with the other guys that he's playing with. Um, and he wouldn't give like a, a hard timeline that he has for himself. And he's always been kind of like secretive about that throughout the last like 10 months since this injury on when specifically he was eyeing. But I do think like he didn't give it away, but I think I wouldn't be surprised like a point to maybe eye for fans if you're interested in when he might come back. I think just keep an eye on how he's doing ahead of those Eagles joint practices because those are some important practices. So I don't know if that's what he's aiming for, but he, you know, he kind of laughed when he got asked if that was what he was aiming for. So I thought it was, it was noteworthy enough because we know that for the starters and and the key guys, how important those practices are. Um, So I just think his demeanor is like you said, Dan, he's, he's the same Anthony Walker, but now it's, he does have to take that next step of how is he going to look in team drills and how much is he actually going to be able to contribute? But Mary Kay, it's still so important to have him around, you know, the same way that having Marquise Goodwin around, even though he can't practice is really important. And there's other guys too, you know, Mari is, is not practicing right now. Kevin said he'll be back in, in, you know, getting closer with him in a few days. Even a guy like Matthew Adams is who's going to be out a few weeks. Um, it's it's good to just have those guys around, to have those guys around a, a team that is still young in a lot of areas, uh, especially a linebacker. Yeah, you know, we've said this so many different times before. Anthony Walker Jr. is like having another coach. He's got a coaching mentality. He's so good for the guys in, in a lead, from a leadership standpoint. He is really great to have around. But I'll tell you what, my takeaway from hearing him talk today, I mean, he really, really emphasized how difficult this injury was for him uh, to go through, how it was much worse than he thought it was going to be. I knew it was going to be that bad. We talked about this on our video today. I watched my husband recover twice from torn quads. It's a big surgery. It's a big, uh, very difficult thing uh, to overcome. It's very painful. The rehab is painful and long. And um, and it's, it, yeah, and just hearing him talk today, I don't know. I mean, it just, it made me just wonder if he's going to make it all the way back and be the player that he wants to be this season. I, I mean, I hope so. I really hope that that is the case. I'm hoping against hope because we all pull for Anthony Walker Jr. But once again, just hearing him talk today and knowing how grueling of a rehab this is, I think he still has a little ways to go. And I just don't think it's going to be easy for him to be the player he's used to being. Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, I mean, I like I thought the same thing. I, I talked to Jakeem Grant uh, recently and he's kind of working back from a serious injury and, and he's older than Anthony Walker is. And, you know, you hear the confidence in those guys and they, they want to come back and play. But in the back of your mind, you do think, is this guy going to come back? And is he if he does come back, is he going to be the same player he was? So, actually, I could understand going through that injury and that grueling of a rehab that, again, I mean, you wrote about it. That's hard. That's hard mentally. That's hard physically. And we'll, we'll see if he can come back and be the, the player that he was. Yeah, I mean, he's been through a lot. And I think, too, like he talked about this more with like last year, I think. But 
and towards the end of last season, especially like, I think he was in a weird way. Like if this injury was going to happen to him for uh, it to happen in week three, he was kind of grateful for at least he got to remain around his teammates and kind of still be a voice to some extent that he, I thought did a really great job of of describing like, yes, like I try to be a vocal leader, but when you're not out there doing it, like there's only so much you can say and like, you don't want to step on anyone's toes, things like that. Uh, But at the same time, it's really tough to have to sit there and watch 14 games. And especially when I think too, like the X factor with this is he's never suffered a major injury before. So I think, you know, number one, like maybe he would get lucky with his rehab and things like that. But it's also, I think when you've never gone through that, like really hard to predict how your body's going to react, what kind of setbacks there might be once you do start adding different things into what you're doing. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of like an unknowable question, I think, of, of how he's going to look and when he's going to ultimately get back here. But that's just the nature of, of any season-ending injury, but particularly this one. Okay, before you guys go, Friday, pad day. It's always a big day in training camp, first day of pads. Uh, we've been waiting for this. This has been the slowest of slow ramp-ups here uh, in West Virginia. So, Mary Kay, what are you looking for when the pads go on? Uh, you know what, when the pads go on, I really like to watch uh, some of the defensive players and, and how they respond uh, to the pads. The early part of camp, you know, they can't always do some of the things that they want to do. Uh, but once the pads go on, you have a little bit more leeway uh, to have a little bit more contact and, and try to uh, showcase your skills a little bit more. So I think I'm looking uh, forward to that, seeing how the you know, the D line comes together and handles that, seeing what the rotation looks like, uh, you know, just kind of there. I don't think they're going to be doing too much with the pads on on Friday. I think they'll show a little bit more on Saturday when they wear, wear pads that day. I think tomorrow's going to be more of a ramp up into the pads day, like get used to having these pads on. Um, but I'm still looking forward to seeing some of the defensive players kind of get their game faces on a little. Ashley, what are you looking for? Yeah, I don't know if I have anything to add because I was just thinking like, man, when the pads come on, that must be like Jim Schwartz's Christmas from everything I know about Jim Schwartz. Like he must be so excited to finally take this next step with that defense. That's I think what I'm most intrigued about. One of the things I've been most intrigued about, especially um, is the front of the defense. But yeah, the way Mary Kay said it with, with this slow ramp up, it's like, I do feel like tomorrow is going to be, yes, we're wearing pads, but we're ramping up to actually wear the pads. Like, I don't, I don't know how different it's going to be compared to what I see today, except what is physically on their bodies tomorrow. I feel like that's just Kevin. Kevin's camp is just ramp up. Right. Con- just constant <laughs> ramp up. And yeah, you, you're probably right, Mary Kate. Saturday's probably going to be the more physical day, um, especially because Sunday's probably going to be a super light day because they're going to travel back uh, to Cleveland that day. So I'm sure it's going to be a super light, just get out of West Virginia day. Uh, but yeah, pad day though. There's still there's still just something about it. You know what else tomorrow is, Dan? I'll tell you what tomorrow is. I don't. Tom- <laughs> tomorrow, Mike marks one solid week. Since I have been in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, <laughs> we arrived here. Some of us arrived here last Friday night. I mean, my goodness, it's been a journey. So, yes, tomorrow Mike marks a week and, you know, we're getting there. We are getting to the finish line. There are only two more full practices on Friday and Saturday. And then, as you mentioned, 
uh, sort of a, a shorter practice on Sunday morning, and then and then we head home, and uh, and then it's you know then we roll right into all the Hall of Fame stuff, which is going to be another whirlwind. But yeah, can't believe I've already been here for almost a week. Yeah, I I told you that I, I was disappointed. I didn't I didn't get to stay the whole week, and I, I actually. Full disclosure, I was disappointed I didn't get to stay Wednesday and like explore that, you know, explore Lewisburg, West Virginia, which is surprisingly a cool place. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, I told you, like, I was disappointed I don't get to stay the whole week. But also the downside of that is I'm not in, in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia for eight days or nine days or I don't know, however long, however long you're going to end up being there when all is said and done. But I'll tell you what, Lewisburg is... Right. As we've mentioned a few times on this pod, the coolest small town you could ever want to be in. It's really, really cute. It's really quaint. There are all kinds of good restaurants. Uh, we found a really cool bar, the Washington Street Bar. I sent Ashley video of me playing ping pong with, uh, with another member of the media. Um, Scott Petrak and I were playing some ping pong. Tom Withers and Scott Petrak had a few games. So we had a, we had a grand old time. So... Um, it's a, it's a great little town. If anybody ever gets to get down here, I would highly recommend it. I've warned my family. There's a chance we could end up back in Lewisburg at some point. Just, <laughs> I mean, it's like five oh, hours no. away. It's, it's not bad. Not a bad little place to spend a couple days. And it's real. It's I mean, it is really nice in that area of West Virginia mountains and trees and randomly the Greenbrier. Well, we, but we wait, speaking of full disclosure, people must understand that we <laughs> did not actually stay at the Greenbrier. So, so actually, no. let's let's do this. Ashley, you have arrived in West Virginia, and you got your no. first exposure to everything down there. What did you think? When, I mean, we had prepared you, uh, but yeah, what did you think when you, you first saw the, the setup there, when you guys arrived to the Greenbrier Sports and Performance Center? You know, I... I genuinely feel like I was prepared. Like I was prepared for the porta potty right outside the media <laughs> tent. I was prepared for the tent. I wasn't prepared for the dead bugs that I would have to clean off the table. Um, I it was there. It was it was a tent. That was like that was my reaction. I was like, wow, this is this is kind of what I thought it would be. Um, the heat wasn't as oppressive as I thought it would be because there was some clouds that we were shaded by this morning. Of course, not when Mary Kay and I had to do the stand-up video and John Koontz had to like MacGyver a reflector off of a piece of white <laughs> plastic for us today because me and Mary Kay are complaining about how we're worried about how we're going to look. And then I had to use some filters before we got it posted. So it was, it worked out. It was fine. But I will say like, I, I'm not a nature girly. I am a city girly. So this is like not my idea of a fun time. I would love to like, just not ever be in nature like this again, if I don't have to. Um, but you know, we're going to, we're going to make it work. The practice setup is exactly as it was described though. I will say that. Yeah. I mean, lest anyone think that we are unwrapping little bonbons over at the green briar. <laughs> and, and as, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, someone would hand me a little hand towel in, in the powder room and it would be warm and I would, you know, use that to, to wipe my hands and then I would toss it gently into a little wicker basket. Um, that didn't happen. We did not stay at the Greenbrier. We are at a lovely local hotel, um, you know, here in Lewisburg. 
and uh, you know, we just had a different experience than we thought we were going to have. We were almost, I still haven't seen the inside of the Greenbrier Resort. Yeah. I hear it's lovely, but we work from morning, morning, noon till night. So I haven't even made it over to the Greenbrier yet. So it's just kind of funny because it's just a little, you know, it's a different experience than we thought we were going to have. Right. Like I did not bring any resort wear, wear and I am glad I did not <laughs> because like, I don't know when I would need that. I brought clothes that I would wear in Berea. Like, we're basically in Berea, but we had to drive five and a half hours to get here. <laughs> right. Berea, Berea with mountains. Yeah, yes. Berea with mountains. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I wonder if there are, like, and there were, like, snacks out, and I'm like, are there going to be wild animals, like, growing in these <laughs> well, snacks Well, I, I was going to say, Ashley, keep your eyes peeled. There were rumors of a bear yes. at the, yeah, uh, the media hotel. Like, I know we're not doing that. I would be like, I know you and Mary Kay were talking about maybe going out on a walk a little later. And I'm just saying, watch out for the bear. (laughs) I I would be like that episode since we've all seen the Sopranos, that episode of the Sopranos when that bear is in their backyard and AJ is just like screaming. That would be me standing frozen. Oh my gosh. Or, or you guys will get lost in the woods and it'll be, it'll be pine barrens minus the the freezing temperatures. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that will do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We'll be back on Friday and Saturday with more recaps. I think we're going to pass on Sunday because there's not going to be much going on. Uh, Mary Kay is going to be traveling back that day. Uh, So we'll be back either Monday or Tuesday after that. But still, Friday pod, Saturday pod, recapping those two days of pad so get subscribed to the orange and brown talk podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify find us on instagram like i said search orange and brown talk and of course youtube as well cleveland browns on cleveland.com if you search that you will find us oh football insider i gotta talk about football Insider. i haven't hosted for a few for a few days so i'm out of practice the blue banner at the top of the page you can become a texter you can get our newsletter every day and you get can get access to those exclusive stories at cleveland.com slash browns uh so yeah become a football insider subscriber that will do it for ashley and mary cam dan thanks for listening everybody 